harder than a hoochie coochie. Wait, why were you exposed to that? Uh, my mom listened to the country, the local country music station mm-hmm. when I was a kid, for no reason. My mom's favorite band is Linkin Park. <laughs> <laughs> she felt really disenfranchised in the late nineties, yeah, early two thousand. So I don't know what that that is. I don't know. I guess the hybrid three was that 2000? 2000. 2000. 2001. Yeah, around that. My mom listened to Aphex Twin. She was cool. Oh my god! Well, Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, she okay. is cool. But. My mom didn't listen to much music because she was too busy raising her kids. So, <laughs> yeah. Yo, also, my mom, my <laughs> mom, in, my mom invented God. So, well, oh boy, she told me all about him when I was a kid. Yeah. Totally made up. <laughs> I mean, those your bedtime stories? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Time for you to go to bed. There's a man in the sky. When you die, he will punish you if you <laughs> masturbate. <laughs> anyway, good night. Turn the lights off. Okay. All right. What's up, hot buttholes? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, where we last left off, the history of our ESRB discussion. Last time on Hot Buttholes. Yeah. We are in the middle of our spearhead campaign run by Connecticut and Wisconsin Senators Joe Lieberman and Herb Cole. You see, when they rip the spines out, eh? It's too violent. How is he Canadian? He's Wisconsin. That's close enough. All right. Yeah. <laughs> he may talk like They're that. just Canadians that eat more cheese, <laughs> which is but, impressive because Canadians eat a lot of cheese. <laughs> yeah, they have cheese hats. That's what I know about Wisconsin. But this is... um. Oh, and Ed Gein. Yes. <laughs> so cheese the, and people. There, there Wait, no, he didn't need anybody. Ed Gein? Yeah. No. But he did, didn't he turn people into lamps and stuff like that? What if he uh, had a cheese hat that was made of skin? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, that's hot part, everybody. Yeah, this is, all right, so this is part two of our ESRB series here, and uh, I am Randall Beatrice. I'm here with Chris Anantuano. What up, cheese hatters? <laughs> and Austin Blakesley. Yo. I flipped it on you guys. Yeah, I introduced you yeah, first. Yeah, I was caught off guard. Yeah. I quit. Uh, <laughs> we are, <laughs> please check out part one if you haven't already, because uh, we're today we're going to dive into some congressional hearings about those naughty video games that we talked about before. Most primarily, the big ones at the center or uh, Mortal Kombat, Night Trap, and Lethal Enforcers. And our first hearing today, our story begins, this is going to be December 7th. Is that Pearl Harbor Day? Or is that December eighth? That's sixth, uh, I think. Is it the sixth? Damn it! Well, oh, let's look up. No, let's I think Google it was the seventh. Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I don't remember. This Pearl is Harbor. Nineteen ninety-three, December seventh. December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Insensitive, yep. all these people. That's already. All right, before we get before we get into it real hard, I have a little anecdote here. Okay. I usually I go to GameStop with you. I realized the last mm. time I went to GameStop, I wasn't with you, and it was the time when I bought the puzzle that we did the oh, Animal yeah. Crossing puzzle. <laughs> yeah. They had that GameStop TV running in the background. Did that have an ESRB thing on it? Playing? No, it oh, wasn't the a... ESRB thing. It was um, it was this game that's coming out, and there was like interviews with the developers, and it's a game about cops killing criminals. Narc? No, 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 no. I don't remember what <laughs> it was called. A game. But like the whole pitch, like they're interviewing the developers, and the whole what? pitch is like. Why would you need a reason to shoot people? Like, we're not going to bog you down with the reasons you need to shoot people. Wait, what? Just kill people. It's fun. <laughs> and it's a game about cops killing criminals. This is 2019. And I, yeah, in 2019. And I, and I just, like, was... The guy's Holy trying to be like, shit. will that be all, sir? And I'm just staring at the, the TV, TV. And I was like, your mouth I'm like open? fucking idiots. <laughs> like, why would you make a game in 2019 about cops indiscriminately killing criminals without reason? Oh, man. Yeah, well, it's fiction. Oh. Cops have never...
never indiscriminately killed criminals for <laughs> that reason, okay? Sit Remember down, America's Army, that game? Yeah. yeah. Did you, this game is called Blue Lives. Did you hear about the two cops? Oh my god. Did you hear about the two cops that were playing Russian roulette? No. Yeah. That sounds like a joke. Like, did you hear about the two no, cops? No, it's really Russian not. Yeah. The punchline is that one of them shot themselves and died. Uh, <laughs> I, I, have, I have a much more... No, please cut out my laughter. No, they incarcerated the other one. Um, I have a much more racist we have a lot more punchline to that joke, but I'm not going to say it. Right. I'm already warning you guys ahead that we're not cutting anything. So okay, watch. just know, just everybody out there listening, know that I am a racist, but I am holding back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're at our first congressional hearing, December seventh, nineteen ninety four, ninety three. Sorry, I'm already fucking up. Painting the let's paint the picture. The objective here was to threaten those speaking for the industry that if game companies couldn't agree on a way to properly regulate themselves. Congress would interfere and police it for them. Naturally, those in the creative field wanted to build a case that they could self-regulate, while those in government wanted to very strongly take the matters into their own hands. Games still, still not really the most respected medium at this point. Members of this meeting included those of the United States Senate Committee on Government Affairs, as well as the judiciary, along with several spokespersons for the companies in the game industry themselves. Notorious gamers, all of those people. Yes, very much so. Most prominently, of course, was Nintendo and Sega, who was in the middle of their extremely intense rivalry. And also at this meeting, there were like doctors, quote unquote, and education associates and a bunch of people who... Why doctors, quote unquote... I don't know because they're all like doctors of pseudoscience. I would like you to provide proof that they were not licensed. <laughs> I would like you to provide proof that they were licensed. Damn, you got me. <laughs> That's a hot button, hot take. <laughs> so this meeting, by the way, this meeting was heated as fuck. A lot of it is on YouTube. They they even aired it on television to gain the attention of more similar minds to group up together. There were interviews with researchers, navacy groups claiming that video games and violence and media were desensitizing to young impressionable minds, and that game were partly responsible for the decline of Western civilization. This is post-televising the Vietnam and Gulf War. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're corrupting youth, they're leading teens on a bad path, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. Mortal Panic for games was at an all-time high, and sales also at an all-time high. Mortal Kombat alone was on the path to sell over 3 million copies and bring in over $100 million by the end of this year. Good, they I'm, can make back all that money they spent. I just want yeah, to say, back that I have a note here. I'm really glad that this was all solved in this hearing and that we never had to have this discussion again. Ever again. Yeah. Ever, again. Ever again. They yeah. figured it all out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's about time. As government always does. A lot of hand- <laughs> figures it all out. <laughs> Nothing but handshaking. Yeah. So they included, um, and this is great, they included compilation footage of violent games to shock audiences and deciding with them, like with their plights, while... Mr. Lieberman himself swung that blue lethal enforcer's pistol around, and those pictures are hysterical. It's so funny. Like, just being, like, holding up this big blue revolver, being, like... Just pointing it at people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Game publishers naturally saw this as an attack, while developers saw this as censorship. He's swinging swinging the pistol around. Can you believe this? Anyway, at 4.30, you have to clear out the room for the gun control debate. Yeah. (laughs) Where all the people that pay me are going to tell me not to take the guns out of your hands. (laughs) But if it's blue and it's plastic, I want it gone. Sadly, there were not many defenders on the side of games here, but there were still those fighting hard to build a case. The first half of this hearing was mostly dedicated to like child psychology and the impact of violence in media on children, while the second half focused on just raw business. Was- I have a question. Yeah. You keep bringing up media. 
Was yes. this hearing just about video games? Or Mostly, what? it was like ninety-five percent games, but every once in a while they would be looser in their attacks and just. I like how they well, throw they keep, video games, movies, and TV. They keep in bringing well. up movies, TV, and music and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the the meeting is about video. So like, can you believe violence in media in media is shaping children's minds? Anyway, we're going to talk about the impact of video games. Forget about all those violent no, fucking movies of, in yeah, the 90s. It's like the primary focus was all about games, but they were clearly angry at more than just that. They were, but they're like, they're like, well, we can't do anything about that because those people have followings and money. Exactly. So yeah. we're going to attack you, video yeah. games. Well, part of the reason, too, is those were the closest they could relate to games because games was clearly something they didn't understand. So oh. the, the experts they would bring in would reference movies and television because that's the only thing they could yeah. describe to them in a way to understand. Yeah. Marilyn Draws of the National coalition of television violence stated that the industry could not be trusted to self-regulate. Video games, you mean. She also argued to panelists the sexist nature of most games at the time as well, which that, that I watched that part. Partly That's, true. As far as I'm aware, they didn't go into this meeting meaning to form the ESRB. We'll learn later how the ESRB was actually formed. Yeah. But like the, I'm assuming the reason that television and movies were off the chopping block, so to speak, was because <clears throat> they already had the MPAA. The MPAA has existed, I think, since the shit, 60s? Something like that. Maybe oh, yeah, around yeah. there, yeah. But like, they didn't go into this meeting like, you need a rating system. They're like, the government, we yeah, need to, right. we need right. to yeah. regulate you, even though we don't already do that for movies and yes, television. the rating system was a response from the game side to yeah. it because like yeah, yeah like because that was the thing like the people representing the government side in this were not saying that they wanted to create a rating system mm-hmm. they were just trying to say that like hey we're gonna make a list of things you can and can't do mm-hmm. like and that's that's scary thought mm-hmm. yeah um, that's obviously the age-old slippery slope you yeah know? exactly yeah. and peter page of the children's television resource and education center testified that violent media, and this is him throwing the blanket, like you said, not judging him, led to violent behavior despite not having enough research because games was still too new of a medium to collect accurate data. So instead, he compared his entire argument to television. When people asked him about using real examples to games, he didn't have any. So he just said, well, we did studies in television that blah, blah, blah. And those studies aren't really founded either. Exactly, but, I was about to say, those studies are garbage. Absolutely. Too. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But here's the funny thing is, like, these politicians came out swinging so hard that the big two, Nintendo and Sega, on the defense here, completely turned on each other. Like, it was crazy that, like, this argument, you, a lot of people, when you look back at this, you think it's government versus games, but it is government on one side and then mostly Nintendo and Sega just being removed. And like Nintendo came out and fuck Nintendo because they play dirty here. Nintendo shot first during the meeting. Like they were allowed to speak first and they chose Howard Lincoln, their senior vice president of America, to represent them. He was a really tough lawyer. Previously to this, he fought in the cases that were about the use of Donkey Kong as a character because like like back in the day, because like Donkey Kong, even though the those cabinets were put up by Nintendo, Donkey Kong still, like, there's a port of that on Atari 2600, I think, and Nintendo fought over use of that character. So if it wasn't for him, Donkey Kong may have never been a Nintendo character, like, permanently. God, I wish. Mm-hmm. Then Smash would be so less infuriating. <laughs> fun, fun fact about this, there, yeah. there's a book that I don't think you've read. I read part of it, but 
man, books are hard to get through. They're so boring. Yeah. But <laughs> let me know when they make a movie. Word after word so, after word. <laughs> there's a book that came out in 2014 that I have called Console it's Wars. It's Console Wars, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was, was a very popular book. It was co researched yeah. by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, yes. the guys that made Superbad. Yeah, and, and they're, they're supposed to produce the they're film. They're looking to turn it into a movie. Yeah. So this What's fight we're talking about right now might be a movie. I hope like, so. Yeah. Because it's cold. So Howard Lincoln, he went on to say that Nintendo would never permit games of that type of violent nature to appear on their consoles. That he went out and said, we have nothing to do with Night Trap or Lethal Enforcers. We would never put those on our platforms. That the onus of all of this fell primarily and exclusively on Sega. You know, like he went, he went even so far to say that like games like those have no place in our society and called Sega's ethics into question by saying that their rating system was nothing more than a smokescreen to allow violent games into the, into the gaming ecosystem. Like it's, I know, but, and, and obviously if you look at Nintendo's legacy, they clearly don't think that way anymore. No. Even though they still have a family friendly image, they don't think that way anymore. But like, it was a fucking petty move. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, Okay. And it helped take the blame off of them. They completely tried to dump it on someone else. Yeah. And, I mean, Sega has this rating system. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you have these higher ratings. You're kind of inviting games to be allowed to be made under the system. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Make a game. Here's a rating. Yeah. Respect the rating. And here's, just like you respect the GNR. Here's where it fucking you know? hilarious, though. Do you know, want to know why he sniped so hard? Because the representative from Sega at this hearing was their vice president of marketing and communications, Bill White, who was an ex-Nintendo employee. Ooh. Yeah. So I thought that was fascinating. So part of the reason that they came at Sega so fucking hard is that this guy used to be involved with them and got out and then went to go work with their biggest competitor. It's like the Disney thing. It's like, you ever read read the Disney DreamWorks feud? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because the guy that (laughs) helped form DreamWorks used to be the head of the animation team at Disney and then he got fired and then replaced and then that's where the whole Disney DreamWorks feud of the 2000s started. That's amazing. So Bill White here, he came off like defensive like he was a young guy he came up defensive as the company helped produce more and more adult products than competitor nintendo and the other competitors at the time too he argued that games weren't just meant for children anymore and that the average gamer was actually around the ages of 19 to 22 much older than what the previous doctors and psychologists said in the first part of the hearing much younger than it is now though Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I'd say we're average gamers. Yeah, probably. It's, it's about yeah. like 20s, early well, the people, 20s. The people yeah. that started here like grew up with games so that... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, cabinets and shit. They were kids playing arcade cabinets yeah, that, and grew yeah, up in absolutely. different consoles. You know? The average uh, now I think is around like, yeah, 25 to 30 yeah, something. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, but he, he went on to say that the industry still needed to grow and that over time it would even attract more people of all different ages and backgrounds. There you go. Most importantly, though, he thought that the rating system that they had was fine and that other console manufacturers didn't even have one, that it was up to consumers rather than the blanket presumption Nintendo had that all games were for all audiences. Mm-hmm. Like, he made really good points. Yeah, that is a really good point. Yeah. Kind of a bit naive in assuming that consumers uh, sure. would be... But this is also... We're talking about a government hearing. Like, yeah. naivety is a no well, short supply he here. He made really good points, but he was nervous and he didn't come off as professional. Like, it's like, it, the funny thing is, like, you watch it and he, it's like, I just don't think he knew what he was getting into. And and that's a shame because it was just like all these dudes in suits, they didn't 
they don't they didn't care about the points he was making. They cared about his demeanor. Like yeah, mm-hmm. and, this and, is a and, political hearing. Yeah, and especially think about how human robot Mark Zuckerberg looked when, when he had to go to a political <laughs> hearing recently. When he was backed into a corner, he snapped back by pulling out Nintendo's Super Scope, that bazooka shaped peripheral for the SNES, and said that he uses the exact same internal technology as the lethal enforcer's gun. He passed that around, being like, "You think that's bad? Look what they're doing!" Yeah. Like you know, like check out this, went, this laser dildo that Nintendo made. Yeah, but the committee, they were not buying it. Laser dildo. <laughs> <laughs> they retaliated by thanking uh, Nintendo for their cooperation while coming at Bill White for their <laughs> faulty rating system, all while using Sega's own policies and Which, pamphlets against them. Here's the thing I want to say. They're not wrong, but it is Nintendo's fault that around this time, the early 90s, that games were a children's thing. Yes. Because yeah, like, that stigma was exactly. almost before, created Before by the them. crash, arcades were places for adults. Totally. And or like young adults. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Adults meaning to them. Adults meaning above, above 18. Yeah. Like, and Nintendo's like, thanks, Nintendo. You're doing this. Like, you started this. Like, Sega came around because you started it. Yeah. And now they're trying to appeal to a wider audience while you're not. And they're getting the flack for it, which I guess is... Deserved because they are the ones that are selling games to older people, but at the same time, it's like Nintendo is the one that made everybody get the perception that video games were a kid's toy yes. and that yeah. violent games yeah. were meant for kids. And they said a perception that they're still kind of rocking today. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, but Microsoft they were, blew that out. Yeah. yeah. They were yeah. for young adults. Yeah. 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 And and man children. Yeah. Like and cheater, like Billy <laughs> Mitchell. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, so here's where the senators kind of pulled their guns out. Their blue plastic plastic revolvers. (laughs) They played a Mortal Kombat television commercial from that campaign, that $10 million campaign. I thought you were going to say they played Mortal Kombat, and I just pictured like two (laughs) senators like just button mashing (laughs) Mortal Kombat. Yeah, just being really bad at it. Um, They they played this commercial, and the commercial. That would have helped everybody because they wouldn't have been able to do any combat. Yeah, they're like, man, this game is stupid. Not even hit each other. Yeah, I guess this isn't violent at all. But the commercial, which I believe is on YouTube in its entirety, featured kids who were technically too young to be purchasing the game. But this was an ad that Sega claimed they had approved, but not produced. I think it does like advertise it primarily being for their platform. Midway. That made that commercial, yes, right? Yeah, I guess it would have been yeah. Midway. Yeah, or Reclaim, I guess, who was doing the home port. I don't oh, yeah. know. Yeah, but there, Bill White's response was just like, we didn't make that. We mm-hmm. just signed off on it, which was, you know, not... It doesn't they, help. It doesn't help. Yeah. But at this point, Nintendo appeared to be the lesser of evils in this situation, uh, especially after they did a side-by-side look at games from both platforms. So <sighs> the a, they had the, the cheated... Yeah, Genesis no version shit. up against the not yeah the the SNES version without all the blood. So here's the thing: neither company won in the end at all. Like they still came out and they're like, anyway, thank you Nintendo, but fuck video games. Like you know what I mean? Like the you like no th- Nintendo the console, won yeah because they got to like they did, but like they didn't. Like they they fucking threw Sega under the bus for what reason? Like. And- who doesn't own a Switch at this table? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's yeah. Like, yeah, well, I'm just saying the point. It's, just, it's not. I don't own it for moral reasons. If I could buy one tonight, I would. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. But the, the console wars affected the entire meeting. And Lieberman, in his closing statement, stated that if the industry wanted to be able to gain true credibility for the future, then it had to do something more than what it was doing now. 
Sega of America president Tom Kalinske spoke afterwards in a press release in regards to Nintendo coming at Sega the way they did going for their throat by saying, I'm really amazed that they would so irresponsibly drag retailers in the entire video game industry through the mud in their efforts to slow down our company's momentum, like that they're on the same side. Yeah, because they they also made some things at that meeting where they're like, I can't believe Walmart would sell this too. You know, like it's that's um, interesting. Do yeah. you think Nintendo was just trying to get money out of it? Do you think they were just trying to get ahead in some sort of weird capitalist sense, or do you think they genuinely wanted to protect their image? Both could be true. Yeah, but I don't know. They win no matter what. They do. Saying, yeah, like they, that I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like they come out on top by protecting their image while simultaneously destroying for their a family friendly company. Well, because that's the thing. Like Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo was on top for so many years after the NES that when the Genesis came into the because like you know Mega Drive whatever like when the, when the Genesis came into the light and then suddenly there were two on the market like that's when they started not shaking in their boots but they wanted they wanted way more of the pie oh, than what they had like. yeah it's win-win for nintendo because it's like if they throw the whole video game industry under the bus they're able to be put in the position where they're like we're trying we agree with you violent games are too bad we're trying yeah. look at us we're family friendly totally. it's them but then at the same time it's like maybe the hope was that they could divert this argument to sega and be like we don't have to come out to congressional hearings anymore. That's a good games. point, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, they, they didn't want to be there, and that, I'm sure. That, yeah. that title stays. That that mm-hmm. idea stays. What mother doesn't call any system a yeah, Nintendo? A Nintendo. You know I mean? like, that's true. It's like a household oh name because it's a family console. Yeah. You know? And so wind of this hearing was then ran away with by mass media while the violence contained in those games like became common public knowledge. Like it was complete hysteria at this point. And this only worsened when some idiotic writer and I feel comfortable saying that from <laughs> named Sally Carlson calling her out from the Pittsburgh Post said that. In order for this to continue, game developers should be forced to have to use the faces of their children on in-game enemies if they wanted to keep products so violent. And see how <laughs> and see how that made them feel. What a dumbass. Yes, yeah. Welcome to Mortal Kombat, where the characters are 12 anonymous children, and I would still play it. Oh, yeah. Well, all right, so you know what's funny? I'm going to do a little funny side anecdote here. As it, I can't, this is going to sound like a joke when I say it, but you, all right, so have you guys played Perfect Dark on the N64? Yeah, incredible. Yeah. I love Perfect Dark. There was a, there was a, a mode cut from that game called Perfect Head. Not the best name. No. Uh, and what it was, was you took a picture of yourself with the Game Boy camera, and then you, you when you played multiplayer split screen, it used your face. That's Kind of like the way that 360 did later with their camera on yeah. the Rainbow Six and stuff. And they cut it from the game last minute, even though the technology was there. It probably didn't look great, but it just made me think about this completely. Like, because <laughs> after they were like, hey, kids like to play these games and I don't want you like blowing your little sister's head apart in this game. But I thought that was hilarious. That's but, fucking great. A game but this published fucking, by Nintendo, by the way. A game published by Nintendo, yeah. Uh, so this, this, this got out there, this quote. And uh, one you told me they cut that, but they didn't cut Perfect Dark Zero in its entirety. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, was Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah, they, they should have. Yeah, just uh, they put it. They should have thrill killed that game <laughs> and just canceled it when it was done. But one week after this, Toys R Us pulled Night Trap off its shelves. FAO Schwartz. Toys R Us, a company notorious for making great decisions and still being around. <laughs> 
<laughs> I doubt it was because they weren't selling copies of Night Trap. Night Trap, by the way, like, I didn't play Lethal Enforcers, but Mortal Kombat's a great game. Night Trap is not a good game. <laughs> but uh, Night Trap, off the shelves of Toys R Us. And then FAO Schwartz, who's apparently like one of the largest uh, electronic retailers at this time. I don't know how they're doing anymore. I think they're also out of business. Okay. <laughs> Soon followed, and nearly all other markets started to remove this by the end of January. And this move was done by Sega. Sega did this. They, they're the ones that pulled this off Walmart and everything. Damage yeah. control. Yeah. I, I mean, Toys R Us and FAO Schwartz decided, but Sega did everywhere else. So it was, yeah, it was definitely damage control. The game's director, James Riley, responded with quite the shock. Yeah, he's responsible for Night Trap. FAO Schwartz was purchased by Toys R Us in 2009. Wait, really? Oh my God. <laughs> and then when, that, when Toys R Us went out of business, somebody so else the, bought FAO Schwartz. I was wow. going to say, it'd be, it's like, you know, it's like a ship is sinking at sea and then Toys R Us' boat pulls along and like, hop on, we'll save you. And they get on board and drive away. Like, by the way, we're sinking too. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, let's see how it plays out for them. Uh, anyway, the director of Night Trap, he was really surprised at this backlash because they never went out to make something shocking like Mortal Kombat. Like Ed Boon, uh, who's a rad dude, Mortal Kombat's mm-hmm. awesome. Ed Boon loves the spectacle of Mortal Kombat, and so yeah, do I. That's exactly. the joy of it. Like it's, it's, it's a celebration of violence in the most fantastical way. Yeah. It, it does not fetishize or romanticize it in any way that's dangerous. It's just no, it's so a fucking, fucking silly parody yeah, of violence. Exactly, almost. it totally is, and, it, yeah. and it's it's never not leaned into that. Yeah, I mean, and I kind of like I've I haven't played a Mortal Kombat since probably like fucking two or three iterations back. Yeah, yeah, that reboot but of, like, of uh, the original is amazing. Yeah, Nine, but I'm yeah. just looking at trailers for is it X or whatever the, uh, the new one is eleven. Eleven, 11 yeah. yeah, whatever one's coming out. It's I'm brutal. looking at trailers. I see him like you know Scorpion like goes under ground and like splits the guy in half and like there throws his thing through his head but the face flying. removal thing yeah. is the yeah dude and I'm still like I could care less about Mortal Kombat I'm still in my house like fuck it yeah, that's awesome it's so great you know what I mean? that's why they do it at E3 every year the crowd always goes nuts yeah it's but just, like, it's just, but it's like so speaking of speaking of, of totally and speaking of parody by the way the guy that made Night Trap that game was meant to intentionally be hokey and funny it's like a B movie he said he wanted it to be more in line with like a movie like Sleepaway Camp not Friday the 13th like it yeah. was meant to be this complete completely just like like if you ever like watch footage of it it's it looks like the performances of the actors might as well be like a Tommy Wiseau project I think I know like what it's, happened with it's not this game. it's extremely tame well, like, the, well the thing that happened is like i bet you they showed videos of night trap and they showed like fail state videos with they the, did. the girls yes. getting kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, look, you can kidnap these girls, and then the people had to come out and be like, "No, you're protecting the girls. You're that trying was to the point them. of the game. That's yeah. you losing because yes. they're getting kidnapped, yeah. and people are like, whatever. You saw that? And they in, just ignore exactly. them. Exactly. You saw that with uh, some Effect. of the Mass Effects. That yeah, happened with Mass Effect. Yeah, it really did. Where they're just like, look at this. Scene. You can just fuck. Like, yeah. Yeah. they're like, we're not going to show it because this is television. But after this, you get naked and pound each other. Yeah. You're like, no, you don't. It cuts the black. Yeah. Yeah, and it also takes dozens of hours yeah. of like building a, a, an in-game relationship to do that consensually. So at this point, Night Trap was just as big as Mortal Kombat in the in the controversy of this whole thing. And and Tom Zito, president of Digital Pictures, the company that produced Night Trap, spoke out to the New York Times about the tiny excerpt of footage being shown, like you said, those fail states, which, by the way, this was done by Nintendo, I might add. Nintendo gave that footage 
They were definitely trying to make money. Dude. Yeah. There's no in the fucking hearings. doubt in my mind now. Yeah. And this shit, by the way, completely out of context of the actual game. That the objective of the game, like I said, was to actually protect the women. Like yeah. Austin said, like, like brought up. Like, it's amazing. Like, he continued to say that while the game was not appropriate for an eight-year-old, the violence in it was so tame and benign, it would barely constitute even a PG-13 rating if it were a film. It was meant to be a parody of vampire films, and like I don't even think there's any blood or swearing in that game at all. I think at one point the who's the lead chick in that game? No idea. Fuck, I gotta look up the lead actress. Donna Plato? Is that it? I think it is. She's oh, in her underwear at one do point for like a minute. Video games are because of Nintendo's popularity more notorious for being for children. Yeah. Because it's not like violence for adults hasn't been around for the last... Forever. Oh, the birth of humanity. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. For for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, it's always been violence for adults in movies, in music, in the Bible, in everything. And it's just like... Well, that was the funny thing is like a lot of the kickback against Night Trap wasn't even because of its violence per se. It was because it took place at a slumber party of a bunch of girls that were in their pajamas. Their pajamas, I might add, are full pajamas which could not be less sexualized by 2019 standards. You want to know? They're like huge gowns. Yeah, meanwhile... Never mind. (laughs) Samus was in her underwear in the first Metroid. I have a theory. I don't know if you looked into Howard Lincoln at all. Uh, A little bit. He started out as Nintendo's lawyer. Yeah, and then that's late, where that Donkey Kong case and then, came from. Yeah, yeah, right. He was the the lead lawyer in the case with the suing for Donkey Kong versus King Kong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he later became the president of Nintendo of America. And then they sent him into this meeting, and he has a law background. I bet you he thought he was... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he was just using his law degree and being like, my client, you know, like, there's yeah. no clients, it's a congressional hearing. Yeah. He's, like, defending well, Nintendo. But that's why Bill White came out, and he's yeah. just, like, a young guy who yeah. wanted, who's doing promotion work for video yeah. games. he's a yeah. marketer. He's a marketer. And he's like, yeah. uh, I don't know, we, like... Sorry, and then make, the Howard yeah. Lincoln's like, "We brought a slideshow of everything our our opponent is doing wrong." And then the guy's like, "Hey, idiot! We're not opponents. Yeah, we're on yeah. the same side. That, that was They're trying to saying. take all of our money Get, away. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking jackass, <laughs> my client. Fuck off." <laughs> the the press did not care about this New York Times. They, Night Trap still a target. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. That same week. Sega announced that Lethal Enforcers would only be sold in electronic stores and no longer toy stores, which is funny to think years later how Grand Theft Auto would regularly be sold at like KB Toys and Toys R Us and whatnot. Like, I'm pretty sure I bought it. It did have a rating, but whatever. A week after this, this is February 4th, the Video Game Rating Act of 1994 bill was proposed, and this is going to be the biggest turning point in our creation of the ESRB, which is funny. We're doing a history of ESRB thing, and like they haven't even come up yet. It was here that Washington gave the ultimatum that a proper universal rating system must be implemented for all games related to the two companies, or else they would step in and do it themselves. So this is when companies had no choice but to team up. Nintendo had to stop being dicks. And Sony had to stop being edge, or sorry, not Sony. Thank Sega God. had to stop being edge lords or whatever in their advertising. Thank and they had to video be video games weren't popular enough for immediate government intervention. Like they yeah. were like, "Do it yourself, or we'll step in." Yeah, such a strange thing. Like so, I, you know, fun fact: in a future episode of Hot Button, we will get into that because this does this very much ties in. This does come up later. Yeah, uh, fucking last year you were talking about how that came up again, even after that. Trump. Yeah. But like, Christ. Yeah, there was an argument about video games being art and free speech. Yes. Like the government in, uh, I forget what year it was. 2012. 2012. Yeah. 
decided that right before all the new the, generation the ESRB that they held the form wasn't good enough anymore and they yep. were gonna try to regulate video games like cigarettes and make it so that yeah, you had to like yeah like because that's the thing it's like carding God, for I love cigarettes and alcohol this isn't stopping <laughs> me because that's an interesting thing like I worked in a movie theater you worked at a game store carding for M-rated games and R-rated movies uh, is not illegal it's a policy thing yeah so, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. It, yeah it's a store policy yeah thing. as yeah. opposed to cigarettes like and alcohol that if you work in that and you don't card and you get caught by like a secret shop or something you can be fined and even worse like yeah. prosecuted but tension, tension. Which is fair. Don't give cigarettes and alcohol to kids. Yeah, I it's agree. Different when we're. That seems super I was about critical. To say it's different <laughs> when we're altering our minds. And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Movies and video games yeah. alter minds too. It's true. I I I want to go out and lift Mortal Kombat every day. Uh. <laughs> By the way, after this episode, out back, me and you, you can only move in two dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you got any what is it, fluorescent light bulbs so we can smack at each other? It's not backyard wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> We're not like, ripping any spines out. You need like pits full, filled with skulls or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so tensions here. The big two had no choice but to put aside their vicious and silly feud and team up together in agreement to stop federal regulation of their business. And tighter communication between the, them both finally began. Like In the f- most awkward conference I call of all yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, just like imagine like the next, like those people specifically sitting yeah. on that phone Sega, call. Sega headquarters just gets a giant greeting card with a bear on it that says, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the funny thing is Nintendo still kind of being a little bit because the the first thing that the Sega tried to do was they wanted to try and implement their already used rating system to products on other platforms as well, which Nintendo basically replied with "fuck no." Uh, Frick no. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, family friendly. This is Nintendo. Yeah. Even in this position, they didn't want anything Sega associated with their brand. Including their rating system. Is Sonic Fine. character in Super Smash Brothers? Yeah, I'm just curious. Of course. Okay. Sega eventually. Yeah. I mean, Sega with the, uh, later on. Would oh wait, now that they're dead, it's okay. Yeah. And well, because that was the thing around, and we'll do a Dreamcast episode as well. But right after the Dreamcast, it took like less than a year for Sega to team up to have games on Nintendo platforms. Yeah. <laughs> Almost exclusively for a little while, which was very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were there were essentially two major attempts before the ESRB was formed, which was led to that bill that gave them the ultimatum. Um, oh, this is before the bill. This is right before the bill. Okay. This is after the first hearing, though. Yeah, sorry to like Tarantino us by jumping around a little in time. But the, the first actually was the formation of a group called the Interactive Digital Software Associations, or the IDSA for short, which I know you're probably more familiar than me, Austin, of mm. like what they would later become. But they were not officially formed until April of 94, after the second hearing that we'll get into soon. But they were credited to have started the talks after the first hearing in December of 93 to try and stop the controversies around game regulation before it exploded with that bill and ultimatum. These were kind of going simultaneously. Yeah. These are made up of Sega and Nintendo kind of. People. So they were created as a trade association composed from various publishers to be the voice of the video game industry as a whole when That's public cool. policy Like a issues. league of extraordinary regulators. Yeah, kind of, so yeah. This, when the policies this is, arise in Washington at a state level, this they is very interesting this because, like I said, we're going to do an episode on the 2012 free speech yeah. argument. But they'll come into play a lot later because the talks about like Nintendo and Sony like going at each other in the middle of this hearing. Yeah. Did you say what they are now yet? No, you can say that like because okay. I didn't because so, I heard of what they became. Yeah, obviously, the IDSA. Yeah. Uh, eventually became the ESA or the Entertainment Software Association. Yes. Yeah. They're the people that put on E3, and they yeah. are also like a lobby. For video games, essentially. This was like around the early two thousands, I think. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So like. 
back then it was like, oh, it's Nintendo and, and Sega. Now you have Nintendo, Sega, Square, Warner Brothers, <clears throat> Ubisoft, EA, yeah, Microsoft, yes. Activision. Yeah. Uh, like there are so many companies that they basically formed this unit that would come in to protect them. So when we get into the free speech argument 2012 hearings, they come up again. They are the defense for the video game industry. That's now interesting. That in 2012, now that the video game industry is big enough to have something like this, yeah. they then come in to like basically defend the video game industry as a whole. So instead of the video game industry pointing fingers and being like, that guy doing it worse, this body comes in to protect them as a whole so that each company doesn't have to send a representative. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. That should exist. Like, the yeah. ESA... Consists of Capcom, Electronic Arts, Konami, Microsoft, Bandai Namco, Nintendo, Sony, Square Enix, Take-Two, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, and others, it says. And that's most of the big guns right there, I would say. And and which is similar to how the ESRB was formed, which we'll get into uh, possibly next episode here. But those collaborations are really important. You really need all those voices. Yeah. The second more relevant attempt at this was a group called the Recreational Software Advisory Council, or the... RSAC, which was an independent nonprofit that was formed in response to that ultimatum, or it might have been in response to that first hearing, but either way. They also, to the similar to the VRC ratings that Sega had, founded their own loose system to rate games with the primary focus, though, being for PC, yeah. with the original Doom actually being one of the first games that they rated prior to its release, which was also due later out in 1993. However, they did not feature age restrictions, which I like, but it just had content descriptors. It didn't say like, hey, you need to be 13 or 17. It just said what this game contains. But the lack in funding and the big uptake in volume of games coming out prevented both the RSAC and the IDSA from being able to handle the situation in a way that the senators wanted. They didn't have the the staff or the like basically the capital to be Yeah, it's that not like games stopped game. coming out and yeah, they could catch it, up. Yeah. It was probably more popular than ever. It, and it was point, probably still know? voluntary. Like you had to submit your game if you wanted it to be rated. Because yeah. the problem with that is like then you, only your games like Doom will get submitted. And, and this is still in a time when there isn't like a console, I guess like monopoly. Like it's yeah. like you know, yeah, publishers yeah. can just be like, let's fucking make our game for whatever yeah. thing it slides into still. This was a huge <laughs> responsibility, and they would do whatever they could to prevent government uh, intervention, but, like, it wasn't enough. The RSAC, just as a side note here, they closed and then reopened in 1999 as the Internet Content Rating Association, which would later close in 2010. I don't really know what they did, but if it was trying to regulate anything on the Internet, that's probably why Get it, it wasn't successful. <laughs> Regardless... Joe Lieberman felt that neither of these groups were sufficient, uh, which is a part of the reason that that bill was submitted in February. So now for the rest of our story, it's going to follow straight path here. So I won't no more confusing stuff, but the clock was ticking and with more like hardcore games, like PC shooters, things like doom that I mentioned before, as well as some pretty Half rough Life looking, sneaking up in no, like that's two years. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as some rough looking FMV games like phantasmagoria and harvester, something had to be done. Fucking brutal. If you ever saw footage of those, they make these other games look really tame. And that is where we are going to leave us today on this story. So please join us again next week for the conclusion of our exciting trilogy, because this is where, um, where after two hours, we finally get to the creation of (laughs) the SRB. (laughs) (laughs) That is very true. Uh, so let's toss up some plugs there so everyone can get excited for next week. Next week, we're going to get into the second and third hearings of 
of this. And All right, plugs. There's two prong. There's the one that's got two prongs and the circle part that goes into the bottom. That's for higher voltage, I'm aware. <laughs> you guys got European ground, plugs? That's a ground plug. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, European plugs, they got the two on the sides. Some of them got, like, two other ones on the sides for ground. Let's talk about butt plugs. Let's talk about how it sounds like the dog pug. <laughs> But next but, next week we'll we'll get through the rest of these hearings, which there's there's not too much left because the last hearing is kind of where this stuff really culminates in our like the ESRB being the ESRB, and we'll do a little bit of the outcome and aftermath. But you definitely want to hear the the rest of the story because right. otherwise you'll otherwise you'll never know. All right, plugs, plugs. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Hot Button Cast. Follow us on there. I'm pu- I'm st- I'm putting up straight gold. Man, it look at gold. him. He's, sling- he's slinging it. I'm so these, these photoshops. Pictures, are, I know. I know. They're, they're glorious. Fucking, they're uh, so brilliant. <laughs> uh, you're listening to this already, but if you're not following it, you can follow us. Subscribe. Whatever the fuck the word is, I think it depends on the yeah. service. Yeah, like and or follow no, iTunes, no. Google Play, anything else. Rate us on iTunes and make a T-shirt with my face on it that says <laughs> God. Period. Lowercase. Wait, all lowercase? Yeah, all lowercase. Okay. If you if you <laughs> if you if you manage to find this episode and listen to it without knowing there was a part one, sorry, go back and listen <laughs> to part, to part one. one. Uh, it's the middle three. chapter too. Yeah. yeah. Part three coming next week. Part three. Uh, we're out. Take care. <laughs>